Welcome to the Grow Strong Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I interview business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of everyone on their team. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and do I have a treat for you today. If you are considering hiring a coach, or if you're already working with a coach, or if you are a coach, you are going to get so much from this episode, because I am excited to bring to you all today a very special person, Karen Davis. Karen, welcome to my show. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. This is just going to be such a great conversation. And I want to, you know, do a more formal introduction. But the key thing I want to start with is this wonderful book that Karen has written with her partner, Alex Mill, called How to Get the Most Out of Coaching, A Client's Guide to, for Optimizing the Coaching Experience. And like I said, if you're a coach, this is the kind of book, this is the book, actually, that you want to give to your clients so they get the most possible out of their time with you. So why is Karen qualified to write this book and talk with me today? Let me tell you a little bit about her background. She had 25 years in leadership roles in business to business technology. And she made the decision to change her life by serving and guiding the transformation of others. And since 2007, she's been coaching, consulting, and facilitating leadership workshops for organizations like Pfizer, Cisco Systems, Hewlett-Packard, and Medtronic, as well as small to medium-sized businesses. And today, which I just love, her practice focuses on deep one-on-one coaching with high-performing executives, entrepreneurs, and executive coaches who are committed to their own success. They're ready to uncover their hidden potential, and they make their own unique difference in the world. And she's actually the author of three books. We're going to focus today on this wonderful one, Get the Most Out of Coaching. Karen, tell us a little bit about your journey from working in the corporate world to now for the past uh, 14 years, working with, or actually more than that, working that, with yeah. executives and helping them grow themselves. Yeah. So if I go back right around 2005, I had about a 20, 25 minute commute to work each way. And I was getting restless and I could feel something brewing inside of me that just kept saying, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing here. And my mother had just passed in May of 2005. And I was standing graveside at her funeral and I could hear my mother's voice saying, when are you going to do something about this? And, you know, it was one of those where you just, you can hear your mother and that's what she's saying to me. It was so clear. And I thought, I know exactly what she's talking about. She's talking about this restlessness that's inside of me. And when am I going to get on my life's path and start doing something that really is meaningful in the world and means a lot to me and the people that I am impacting. And so that's the feeling I had. And I, and it felt like almost a pull Meredith, like I was being pulled in a direction. Mm -hmm. And the more that I resisted, the more I felt that pull. And so then in 2006, I had an opportunity presented where uh, I was to sign a seven-year non-compete because my company that I was with was being acquired. I was part of their leadership team. And I did knew I didn't want to sign that seven-year non-compete. And I knew that there was something different that was in store for me. It was almost like an out-of-body experience again, where I was 
telling the CEO, it was the day of the acquisition. I still hadn't signed. And she was like, you need to sign. And I was like, gosh, no, you know, no, uh, no, (laughs) I can't sign. And I had no other plans, Meredith. This was what I call when I work with my clients, you're either creating stepping stones to your next transitional job, or you're taking the free fall. Well, I was doing the free fall. And so I came home early that day and I sat at my desk and I thought, what have I just done? What, what is going on here? And so it took about a year to about two years before I really accepted that there was something bigger for me in this lifetime and, and was able to begin to surrender really to what was, and that was that there was something bigger. And the rest of the story I I talk about in When All Boats Rise, the other book that I'd co-authored, and it's it's basically um, where I just you know continued down a path. First, I started consulting, and then I had a wonderful person say to me, "She was part. I was doing some volunteer work, and she was on the board." And she said, "Karen, have you ever done coaching?" And so this is back in 2007, and very few people were coaches back then. And, um, I said, you know, I haven't, however, I love people and I, I love helping organizations. And so, you know, I'd love an introduction to the CEO that she was talking about. And so she set up a meeting for me. I went out and bought every book I could find on coaching, started reading what the difference was between consulting and coaching And basically that was it. I was on my path. Um, There was a one little distraction where I started an employee engagement company and I was doing coaching. And so we were doing workshops for folks in 2008 during the downturn that were not as engaged as they could have been. And so I had that business and I had my coaching business. And by 2012, it was really clear that coaching was my thing. And I went back, got my certification in 2011 and became ICF certified and haven't looked back since. And so in a nutshell, a very small nutshell, that that is uh, the story of what led me into coaching. And this is my homestead stretch career. And there will never be another career. I always be doing some iteration of coaching And I absolutely love this profession. I love the work that I get to do. It doesn't feel like work. I wake up every morning really excited, really excited about the people that I get to work with, um, the people that I get to meet like you, Meredith, and all of these incredible leaders in the world who have the same mission in terms of creating impact Mm -hmm. and and really helping uh, make a difference. Yeah, I forgot to mention when I was introducing you that when you and I first met, we talked probably three times longer than we had scheduled. And we just knew we'd be instant lifelong friends. It was just one of the wonderful uh, connections. And one of the things I admire about you that I want to bring out to my listeners, because Mm -hmm. some of them have probably not had the experience of working with a coach. And you're someone who really walks your talk because I read your uh, other book there, The Rising. Um, when All Boats Rise. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And in your um, writing, you in, you talked about every different coach that you've had. So you've worked with a lot of different coaches yourself. So there, to me, there were some takeaways there. One is we can learn different things from different coaches. We don't necessarily have to work with the same coach forever. Um, So I would love for you to talk about for yourself, you're a coach. So for somebody who is a coach, why do they need a coach? Why does anyone need a coach? What are the benefits? Uh, And if you might want to use examples from your own experiences, because I was fascinated to see 
what you learned from each one of them that you extracted and now bring to your own coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Martha. So my first coach I hired in 2007 and uh, I worked with her until 2011 because we were working on different things. I, I hired my second coach in 2009. Um, but with my first coach, we were really working on what I would call the, um, the soul line learned from, um, uh, the whole next doc, Dr. Mary and Ron Holnuck. They talk about the soul line and the goal line. And, um, oftentimes with coaches, you might work on both the internal work, as well as the goal line work, what you want to achieve in life. And, and with this first coach, I really felt like I needed to do that inner work. And one of the wonderful gifts that she gave me was this under, an ability to understand my own intuition and to how to, how to work with my intuition and how to build that muscle of intuition. And she was such a gift because I was able then to bring my intuitive skills into my coaching. And my next coach, I, I worked on my um, energy. So masculine energy, feminine energy, and, and how you want to create polarity between those energies. And how, again, a lot of soul line work, a lot of inner work. And then my next coach uh, was an ontological focused coach. And it was very much about my language, my body language, somatics. So how the, really sensing the body, learning how to have the client look to see where inside their body um, they're feeling things mm -hmm. and just a really, really powerful experience. And then my next coach was um, Rich Litvin, who uh, maybe a lot of your listeners might know of. And, and with Rich, there was a lot of goal line work and soul line work all at the same time. And then uh, my next coach was Steve Chandler. Again, a lot of your listeners might know Steve Chandler and again, soul line work, goal line work. And then my next coach was Steve Hardison. And I worked with Steve Chandler for five years before I worked with Steve Hardison. And now I'm back again, working with, with Steve Chandler. Sometimes you find that coach that is just the absolute perfect fit for you and they get you and you can go really deep with that coach because they know your history. And so there's a lot to be said for growing with your coach as I did and also going really deep and broad with your coach. And in terms of, gosh, the benefits, would you like me to talk about what some of the benefits oh. Well, I, I could go on and on. Yeah. In terms of, you know, how, what, what you evolved to and, and also thinking for listeners, what's the benefit for them? Because it does require a substantial investment. Yes. Sometimes the company brings in the coach. Yes. There are times the person is paying it out of their own pocket. And so there's a natural question of what am I going to get out of this? That's and right. it's not even the right question because that, and you talk about this so beautifully in your book about how to get the most out of coaching. So I'm weaving several things into it, but you know, there's the responsibility that the person receiving the coaching has. And that's yes. a lot of what you, you talk about in there. It isn't just the coach is showing up and dumping all this wisdom on you or advice or that's right. Or Talk a little bit about the benefit in terms of what happens to the person. Yeah. Yeah. This. Well, I'll speak from my own experience. And um, number one, uh, I, like anyone else, am not always able to see my own blind spots. And so 
I use the example in the book about the dentist. The dentist doesn't work on their own teeth, right? Because they can't see inside their mouth the way that someone from the outside can. Same is true that I often cannot see my own blind spots. And so the huge benefit uh, for, of having a coach is that they can and that they, they, that's why you hire them is to share that information that your friends not they'll be in social self, not will not do that. And we've all experienced that you have a breakup with, with a partner and all of a sudden your friends come and say, yeah, wasn't good for you. And whereas a coach will help evoke that wisdom from you and they'll see what you're not seeing in terms of your own blind spots. Another is that I take action and I take action because I have committed to taking action in my work with my coach. And so I'm much more apt to be taking those actions between sessions uh, than if I did, wasn't showing up with a coach. It's not that my coach is holding me accountable. It's I'm holding myself accountable to take actions. And you also have a thinking partner, right? That you're, you're coming with your deepest things in both in terms of what you want to create in the world, the goal line, as well as your inner world. And so you have a thinking partner that can really help you. Sometimes we find that it just helps to talk things through out loud. I was just coaching a client and several times during the conversation, he said, Karen, I'm just, I'm just talking out loud. And it was like, yeah, this is great. That's right. You're talking, you're talking through it. That's perfect. And so having a coach who is really a deep listener and who is really become this master of studying you and your thinking, and they have an unrelenting belief in you. And, and you really feel it when you have that chemistry with a coach, another person that they have this unrelenting belief. And then, you know, for me personally, Meredith, uh, return on investment. I've always, always created a return on investment in working with a coach. And I've paid more and more and more and more every year that I work with a coach. And it's a huge, probably outside the six figures now, probably going into seven figures, possibly. I haven't added up. Um, but getting, getting close to that. And I don't have an issue with it because as I'm being coached, I'm always looking where, you know, what tangible return on investment and now what intangible return on investment am I creating in working with this coach? Is that, I could go on. (laughs) Keep going. Because when you think about someone who's considering you know, should I, shouldn't I, the tangible and the intangible to me ties in also with this soul line goal line, because my guess is when, because you work with so many folks in the corporate world that if you go in talking about their soul line and, you know, being impacted, it's like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So imagine that you are in front of someone who's a prospective client that's an executive. How do you talk about the benefits of coaching with you in a way that communicates to them what's possibly in it for them? Yeah. So the, the first thing that I will typically do in working with a new executive, uh, is have them read our book. And so I have a very much an introductory 30, 45 minute conversation. And if I have an opportunity to help them in that introductory conversation, I'll ask them, you know, are are you open? I'm seeing something here. And let me ask this question. So I might just dive right into coaching just slightly, just to give them a little bit of an experience of it. And then I'll ask them if they're open to reading the book. And um, I've never had an executive entrepreneur or a coach say no. And so then I have them read the 
the book. I sent them 10 prompt questions, which I'm happy to share with your, re- your listeners, um, the 10 prompt questions for the book. And that really allows them to kind of go back to the book and see, you know, are they getting the teachings of the book? Um, one of my executive clients said, Karen, that was great that you sent the 10 questions because you know what it made me do? It made me go back and do my homework. And that's what I call really, that's the transformation. You, first time you're just reading it right for the information, but then to go back and really reread and look at how to answer those questions. And then for me personally, with an executive, rather than talk to benefits or talk to my own credibility and as a coach and all of that, I'd far rather bring them into an experience of what it's like to work with me, to coach with me, because that's where we find out, do we have chemistry and can we create impact together for Mm -hmm. them? And that's, that's really where the rubber hits the road. Right. And and so I could talk benefits. I could talk about my credentials all day long, but until they've really experienced it, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to understand it. Mm -hmm. And, and unless they're ready to do that soul line, that inner work, we're typically focused on the goal line and they'll start on the goal line work and along the goal line work, a soul line work comes up. And as the soul line rises at, so does the goal line. And so most of the time with executives, it's around in entrepreneurs, it's around working on that, the goals, what they want to create, creating the coaching roadmap that we talk about in, in chapter two of the book. And because it's something very specific that they want want to create. And typically in corporate, they are being um, invested in by the organization. And the organization wants to know that they're getting their return on investment. And so the goal line work is that tangible, the soul line work is that more of that intangible. And I never um, get put into a box where we only, where I'd ever agree, I only work on this, on the goal line work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that early on. It was a mistake back way back in 2008. And they kept bringing me in. I worked inside an organization for four years. Karen, you keep working on this inner work. And I said, yeah, but they're doing great. Have you seen how they're excelling? <laughs> and they're like, just work on the, these objectives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so uh, then I would go back and I'd continue doing what I was doing. And um, yeah, but uh, they love the results. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when you're trying <laughs> to separate things cleanly like that, it's like you're totally ignoring the fact that we've got a whole human being here. It's right. All, it's all life. That's right. Well, you know, one of the things that I really liked, uh, I loved all of your book. One of the aspects that I think would be really useful for us to talk about here is this whole idea of being coachable. Yes. And if someone is coachable, you know, what does that look like? Why is that so important for them to get the most out of their experience working with a coach? Well, you know, in, in the book, we talk about you don't have to have all of the characteristics that we outline in the book as coachability. And these are just characteristics that we speak to. There are there are other characteristics. We talk about things as being action-oriented, willingness to accept guidance, openness and vulnerability, self-awareness, having strong opinions, um, being curious, being optimistic, having a sense of humor, right? It can't be all that serious. And then integrity. And so those are some of the characteristics that we talk about in coachability. And, and, Yet you don't have to have all of those characteristics. You might have one or two that are real strengths for you. And then you can come into coaching, work with your coach on some of the other strengths to help you become more coachable. And, you know, some of the things that I found are very, very helpful for me is this willingness really to accept guidance right? That 
um, just completely being that blank slate when you come in and knowing that there could be 10 other possibilities. And with my coach, I have really become attuned when he says, well, yes, Karen, you could do that. And and, and then he goes on to, you know, there's some other things you could do. And it was like, oh, that, that, that's the cue. Listen to that, wow. you know, uh, that there's, that's what I talk about, you know, having this thinking partner as well, who's also willing to open up your horizons and think about, about new things, new possibilities. You know, I have to just say right here, I want everyone that was, just listening to the things Karen listed about being coachable. As you were talking, I thought those are really important for anyone in a leadership role to have those same qualities, characteristics in, in terms of what they do and their being and, and, and being effective. So this isn't just about a coaching relationship. I want to make that point. That's right. To be an effective human being, even. Yes. yes. Uh, but especially, I was thinking in, in a leadership role to be open, curious, self aware, you know, action oriented. Uh, those are all so critical. And in a coaching relationship, the other piece that I was thinking of was related to that commitment because yes. I'm, I'm wondering how do you handle, uh, and I think this is so important for everyone to think about how committed am I am I to being a person of integrity you know who who my word is what I do and when someone is committed to a coaching relationship and yet they're in in a position where they get pulled in so many directions and things Mm -hmm. compete for their time Mm -hmm. how do you help them stick with their commitment to the coaching and not let other things pop up right right uh, well, there's two two things. One is in the book, we talk about making coaching your number one priority. And the reason we talk about it that way is because when you make coaching your number one priority, what you're saying is I'm making me my number one priority. And in order to be able to be an effective leader, in order to be able to serve others, it's really critical that you're taking care of yourself first. It's very much like what you hear when you get on the airplane and they say, you know, put your oxygen mask on Mm -hmm. first before you turn to help your children and others on the airplane. Same is true here that that's the commitment that is required is that you are ready yourself to begin to put yourself first. And that's going to, that's going to involve very strong boundaries where you, you know, you might have a meeting that gets scheduled and you have your coaching time. I book my clients out. I typically work with them for a year, anywhere between eight months and a year. I book them out for the entire year. And now it's on their schedule and it's up to them. And, the, and oftentimes I have great relationships with assistants, executive assistants that are supporting these executives and they're booking everything they possibly can around their coaching sessions. Sometimes, you know, with the exception of overseas travel, that type of thing. But most of the time, once we have that agreement in place and they're, you know, making every effort possible to avoid moving their coaching sessions around on their calendar. And I keep the same commitment. Once it's on the calendar, I do everything in my abilities to keep the sessions. And, you know, time, there's times that come up where they might be sick, I might be sick, or we have vacations that are planned around or sabbaticals that are planned around and those things come up. So that's, that's natural and normal. However, you know, really prioritizing those, those coaching sessions, that is when you know that you're really committed and not to coach, not to your coach, but to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. That's such an important distinction because really that's what you're doing is taking a stand 
yes you and saying i matter and and i think those who tend to be um so service oriented or helping of others often put themselves last or yes. certainly not first and so yes. that itself can be uh an area for coaching to yes. help realize they're valuable and deserve to have that that's that right locked out and not let anything interfere with it. The other thing that I love is this whole focus on action. You know, you have a whole chapter on that, being a person who takes action. Now, Mm -hmm. you're working with a lot of executives who are in an action mode all the time. This kind of action to me related to coaching and following up and doing what will be helpful for them as a result of their coaching session is different. Yes. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what do you mean by action when yeah. they action in between coaching sessions? Yeah, yeah. So in, in my formal coaching education, um, I was always taught that um, the coaching session, if it's an hour session, about 50 minutes of that time is in deep coaching where I'm asking the questions, evoking their own inner wisdom. And then the next 10 minutes is us looking at, okay, what did you discover in that, in the session? What were your insights, aha moments, those shifts. And then as a result of that, and what we've discussed today, what is one action that you might take between now and your next session? Because Transformation doesn't happen without you showing up differently and taking new actions. And so that's, that's really critical. And then there's another type of, of action that's required in coaching, which is, and, and this is something that I do is during, between my coaching sessions, I'm always tracking, oh, that would be good to bring into my session with Steve. Oh, yeah, that too would be good to bring in. So I have a little notes on my phone and I'm tracking all these different ideas of what I want to bring in. And then before my session, I call it integration hour. I'm, I'm prioritizing. What am I going to bring in? What is, what's the top priority? I don't want to have it at the bottom of my list. I want to have it at the top of my list. And then I go into my session and then I'm also organizing at the end of my session. All right. So based upon what we talked about, what, what is, what's the action I committed to? Is is there time for me to do that right now? Or when am I going to do that? Block it on my calendar and then, okay, what else can I do? What else can I create? What else? And so all of this inspiration flows if you give yourself that space And so my agreement with my executives, my entrepreneurs, and my coaches is always be sure that you have at least 30 minutes pre-session to organize yourself and organize your thoughts, and then at least 30 minutes to an hour post-session. And if not, at some point between now and the next session where you're going back through really thinking about, okay, how, what can I do? How can I show up? How can I be different? Mm-hmm. In, in who I'm being today versus yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you mentioned being. Yes. Because um, for listeners who are familiar with Steve Hardison and the book, The Ultimate Coach, which is what he's known as, and he's focused on who you're being in the world. Yes. I'm curious, because you spent a whole year with him, yes. What what impact this had on how you're being as a coach with your clients and and the additional perspective or depth that perhaps you help them move towards based on yes. what you took from your sessions with Steve Hardison. Meredith, do you have a few hours? <laughs> because that, that's how long it would take us uh, so much, so much. The biggest takeaway in working with Steve is we really worked on me. And I remember, and I'll I'll admit this here. I don't don't think I've admitted this uh, publicly yet. But when I very first sat down, I don't think Steve even knows this. When I very first sat down with Steve and he shared with me what we were going to do. And I 
inside. I don't think my eyes actually rolled, but inside of me, I was like, are you kidding me? This is what we're going to go back. This is where I've been doing all this work. And so, and then I caught myself because of course, you know, the book had just launched and I was like, hold on here. You were sitting across from this incredible coach, world-class ultimate coach. And you just had that thought, stop it. You know? And so this was what was going on, Meredith. I can still see myself sitting there with Steve this very first time. And I, I remembered what one of my coaches, Julia Leila, what he had said is the awe of a beginner, the awe of, you know, of having that beginner's mind. And I needed to go back and a, adopt the beginner mind set. And so in that process, uh, Steve and I spent about four and a half months going through what we call what he calls the document, which is my created life. So what I'm creating, who I'm being in the world, and how I'm practicing who I'm being in the world. And so that has been just spectacular for me. And I would have to say that it brings more presence into my coaching, uh, deep listening, uh, trusting my intuition. Steve was just masterful. I would do what I've always done, get all prepared for my session. And Steve would walk in like a hurricane, big hug, and just fall of energy. And he would be you know, sharing things, talking, he's very, very different in, in to be in the space with him. And, uh, and then about a half an hour later, he looked and say, okay, Karen, what'd you have? And I'm like, we just covered it. I mean, we're, we're on it. Let's just keep going. And I, I mean, Meredith, nine times out of 10, uh, I never had to say, oh, you know, here's what I brought in for today. Um, we were all just diving into it. It, it he, he's incredible incredible that way. He just, it's like, did I write on me what I wanted to work on today? Uh, is that what you're reading here? <laughs> well, Amazing. Describing is such a high level, highly developed level yes. of intuition yes. and vibration highly. energy. And, and, you know, one of the takeaways I'm sitting here after getting chills, listening if you describe that is we all have that capability. Yes. You know, sometimes we ascribe to somebody some unique talent and certainly, you know, he's he's quite a unique person. And yet we all have these untapped abilities to be able to tune in to other people. Yes. Pick yes. up what's going on with them without them having to tell us. And yes. I, to me, your work with leaders is so important because you help them slow down enough to notice these things, to become aware of what's really going on with the other people in their world outside their own thoughts. That's right. And their own priorities. And one of the things that I know you have also taken from Steve that I, and you talk about in the book is this whole idea of being in practice. Yes. So yes. for clients, how do you convey what that means? Well, help us all understand what you mean by that being in practice. And then what does that look like for one of your clients? To, to yeah. Yeah. So um, an example would be I, I've um, helped several of my clients, both entrepreneurs as well as executives and my coaches um, create their documents. And so instead of the four and a half months that Steve took me through, I take them through a two-day accelerator and really help them through that entire process of creating who they are in the world. Because we often have all these judgments about ourselves that if those were to drop away, we are so powerful so much more powerful than we realize. And so I do a lot of that work and that then requires practice. And because we have these old habits of constantly judging ourselves. And so practicing into this new way of being 
is really important, really important. And so reading my document, listening to my document recorded by other people for me, listening, um, I've been hypnotized with my document by um, George um, uh, Stutt. Oh, I hope I get, I'll, I'll send you his last name. He does a fantastic job um, of taking you into hypnosis with your, with your document. And so it's, it's really um, this, a practice of being. And so if you haven't created a document, it's bringing back to presence, who are you being in the world? Who are you being at the grocery store with the checkout person? Who are you being with your friends? Are you deeply listening to your friends? Who are you being with your employees? Are you deeply listening to what they're saying? Are you feeling empathetic? Are, can you put yourself in their, their shoes? Are you curious about their life outside of work? Are you, you know, it's, it's like we said, all those coachability characteristics, that's about practice. That's about who you're being. And what I saw in my time working with Steve, because we work in person always together. So I'd fly to Arizona was that it didn't matter who was nearby. He was always in practice of who he was being, whether it was a homeless person underneath the viaduct who he really wanted to help who had a neck problem and he did help or whether it was another person that was there on the property. It could have been a painter or could have been a neighbor and just to see him and who, who, who he's practicing being or with his wife, Amy and who he's practicing being was such a great role model for me and, and brings such presence back. And Meredith, that's what I see in you is you're committed to being a heart centered leader. And that's, that's what I see. That's who you are back to me as you really slow down. Everything is thoughtful. You, you packaged up your books, you included a beautiful card and you're, that's, you're consistent with who you're being in the world. And, and you and I both, that's, that's conscious. That is a practice. And that's what every leader inside every organization can bring to their people. Every leader can do that. Well, thank you for those beautiful words. And I uh, accept them graciously. Yes. I would also love for you as we're kind of needing to wrap up because we could talk for hours. I'd love for you to share one or two stories of executives you've worked with. You know, what was the issue they were dealing with that caused them to say, or someone else to say, I need a coach? And, And what was the result of your coaching? How did they change who were who they were being? I'd love yeah. to share because I think that helps make it concrete, more real for people to understand. Wow, there is an impact here. There is a transformation from yeah. one way of being to another. Yes, yes. Let me. Um, I'm going to share an example of an executive. I've worked with them three different times. Oh, since 2008. So I've worked with him. Each time he has a new challenge, he comes back and we work together because I have that history with him. But if I think back when I first worked with him, he was working inside a small startup organization. uh, And the CEO had a very strong hand on the organization. And he was butting heads with the CEO, reported directly into the CEO, and uh, and he wanted something different. He was the sole supporter for his family. And so I talked to him a little bit about my own journey, that free fall or the stepping stones. And he's like, oh, definitely stepping stones. And so I said, okay, great. Well, this gives us an opportunity to really dive deep on how to function inside of what you're calling dysfunction. And you don't need to buy into it's dysfunctional. 
that you can create something completely different inside this organization as soon as you drop that story. And then in the meantime, we'll be working on in the background on where you want to be and who you need to be in order to get there. And it didn't take long, Meredith, where about he stayed there another year and he was loving it so much and loving his people and really getting along with the CEO that he almost didn't leave. And, uh, and, and so, but an opportunity came along. He had already turned down 10 others because this opportunity that he, where he was at was so great. It was like, you live in a backyard, you have a fabulous view. And until that great view comes along, you're not leaving. And so he ended up moving on to a really fabulous organization. He's still there today. He's, you know, moved up the ranks over the years. And I've been there to be able to help him move, move up to the leadership spot and a very high level leadership spot inside a a fortune 50 company. And so that's one example. And of course we worked on the soul line. We worked on his marriage and all kinds of other aspects of um, his life. So that's one example. Another um, is a executive I worked with recently, very high performing executive. He's um, the successor to his boss uh, and that'll happen in about six months. And he really wanted to work on his emotional intelligence skills. So those interpersonal skills, empathy, curiosity, and he had everything else nailed, uh, really just so sharp. And he, he showed up for sessions. He worked really hard and, um, is, in that position. And we, you know, we had a tri-party meeting with the HR business partner and with his boss, and he'd made a lot of strides in the coaching, both in terms of bringing in more humor to his keynote speeches, because he's super funny and (laughs) super funny. Uh, But he, he, was always kind of stoic. He wouldn't bring out his funny personality only with those people where he felt super comfortable. And so finally he had permission to start, you know, doing a little bit of improv here and there. And so he just really opened up and uh, really started to care and understand. And that was hard. You know, I was coaching him through COVID. And so a lot of his people were remote. He had 150 people on his team and so his direct reports um, were, most of them were all remote. And so learning how to work in, the, in that situation as well with more emotional intelligence. Hmm. You know, one of the things I just love is we pull together everything you've been talking about. The word that's coming to mind is the freedom to be your real self. Yes. Get rid of those limiting beliefs, the judgments, the self-criticism, yes. all those things that many times we're not even aware of being in a, a part of our lives, a part of our thinking. We just, you know, it's sort of like these clothes we've been wearing a long time and figure yeah. well, that's just how they fit. And instead of recognizing there's a whole new wardrobe over here that I've never right. even seen. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't right. know there. So to me, one of the beauties of the work you're doing and other coaches is really helping people see the real possibilities. And yeah, their authentic self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I just love that. So please let people know how can they, you know, connect with you, learn more about this two day accelerator that you offer and get a copy of your book, how to get them coaching. Yeah. So how to get a copy of our book. It's on Amazon. It's on Kobo. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's distributed internationally. And so you shouldn't have any issue getting a copy of our book. It's in hard copy, soft copy, um, as well as on Kindle. So that should not be an issue. Um, If you go to my website, which is karendaviscoaching.com, 
So super simple, karendaviscoaching.com. Um, and just put a forward slash book, you'll be able to download a free chapter of the book where we talk about the derailers to coaching. Really fascinating chapter. I think one of the best chapters in the book. And we also have a few other re- uh, free resources out there. And, uh, and then um, if you do go to my website, you can always reach out to me through a contact form. That's probably the easiest way. Um, or my email is Karen at Karen Davis coaching.com. Yeah. That's great. So, and you have information about your two day accelerator there too. I do. Yes. So the two day accelerator, you fly in, you work with me for two days. It, it includes uh, some pre-sessions and typically two pre-sessions and one post-session. And it really gives you um, a big boost on whatever it is that you want to create, you want to accomplish. And then of course, you know, if you want to create and do the inside work with the document, we could do that as well. But I leave it very open to what the client agenda is Mm. for those accelerators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you for who you are being in the world. And the, the wonderful example of, you know, growth, continued evolution, continued learning and the impact that you're having on people because of who you are. And especially because of writing this book, the ripple effect that that's happening, having on other coaches and also on their clients, because I think it's a great idea for anyone who's a coach to not just study this book themselves, but to give a copy of it to every person they are coaching. So those individuals will understand how they can get the most coaching. That's right. That's right. And even if you want to take it a step further, I can send you, I will send you those 10 prompt questions. If you want to include that in that page. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then even setting up a special session with your client to go through the book with them. And even if they're not your client getting them the book will definitely give you an advantage as their potential coach because they're going to see right away that you care about them and you get it. You get that you want to help them be really prepared for what they're about to experience. Great suggestion. Thank you. And um, thank you again, Karen, for being with me today. I loved our conversation. I did too. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com. And check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. While you're there, download the free facilitator guide to find out how to implement our unique peer coaching system. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.